to Provoke, a podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we are recording at the Evoke Advertising Studios here in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. Um, And on today's episode, we are going to talk about the current and future state of design. Design pretty much drives everything, nearly everything that we do from the way that we pick up a coffee mug to the amount of time we spend sitting in an ergonomic chair at our desks to the decisions that we make in the wine section at Trader Joe's. Design drives a lot of our actions and we, and some, most of the time we don't even know it. And so today we're going to bring in Diana Santana, who is our senior art director, and she's going to kind of wax poetic on pretty much every everything from where design is now and where we see design heading in the future. Um, but before we get to that, I kind of wanted to touch on a article that was published in Fast Company a couple of days ago uh, with the title, Forget Coding, Writing is the New Unicorn Skill when it comes to design, essentially. Um, and basically, it talked about how writing or being able, not only being able to write, but being able to write well is becoming the new must-have skill for your 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 average designer. And being a copywriter, of course, I'm in the back like, uh, duh. <laughs> so it, it was it granted, it was still very refreshing to see people and, and and keep in mind, Fast Company is not the only person or the only entity that's written about this, but um it's always refreshing to see people kind of just get it. They understand that there is a a certain synergy, for lack of a better term, certain synergy that comes you know, between between writing and being able to design well. And when those two when those two forces come together, it really makes for something truly magical. So getting back to the blog, getting back to the blog post, um, it, it kind of touched on the idea of how learning how to write isn't just an important skill for the future. It's something that can be applied now. Uh, being able to understand the idea that regardless Regardless of how how well your design skills are, content is still going to be king. Being able to say something just as well as you show it is always going to be important, no matter how small the canvas ends up becoming. Um, again, it it it, 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 st- it really just pointed to the idea of like designers need to be more apt to the idea of being able to write and knowing that because space is so limited that language language has even more weight even more importance than it's ever than it's ever had before um, and so again I, I I truly applaud the idea of being able to take the take the 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 seemingly lost art form of writing and writing well and applying it to a lot of the the, the basic or or, or the, the, the the fundamental design practices that the the even the, the the best and sometimes the worst designers use on a day-to-day basis um, so yeah awesome thank you <laughs> thank you Catherine Schwab the, the the author of this post for for really you know being a being a beacon of, of truth truth and light and purity when it comes to the ultimate fact that you know writing is important and being able to write well is even more important when it comes to the overall architecture of good design so with that said we are going to jump into the show Hey everybody, and welcome back to Provoke. And we have a uh, special guest in the studio this afternoon. Introduce everybody to the all, to the listeners out there. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my first time. Okay, so my name is Diana Santana. Um, I'm a senior art director here at Evoke. 
I've been here for uh, six years and um, we basically, you know, work as a team, of course, but um, basically my role is to uh, assist in coming up with campaigns mm-hmm. for the diverse clients. I also <clears throat> mentor and help the other designers um, and whatever they need, um, seeing that, you know, I've <clears throat> been a designer for a little over 12 years. Mm-hmm. And so I guess they respect or honor. <laughs> they look up to you. <laughs> yeah, look they up look to up. You. And, that, and that I, you know, I find that flattering. So that's great, you know. And also I think in, in mentoring and helping them, it also kind of um, sharpens my skills mm-hmm. as well. Um, as well as um, we do a lot of, you know, brand development. So I'm very involved in a lot of the logos um, development uh, recently. Well, not so recently. We did one for... Um, uh, technical college and <clears throat> that was a good experience mm-hmm. because rarely does it go so smoothly when it comes to logo development and that, I think that was th- one of the more successful ones uh, recently that we've done that kind of went <clears throat> off with a hitch okay. so they loved all the options and stuff so fantastic well because because you seem so ready and raring to talk about design already sorry no that's <laughs> that's perfectly fine um i kind of wanted to just jump into the q a portion of this and, okay. and and really just start off with a very broad question of just based on the 12 years that you've spent professionally designing where do you see i guess the current state of design creative chaos <laughs> <laughs> so please it's elaborate all, elaborate yeah. um i think it's all over the place um, but definitely in the last five to seven years, mm-hmm. I think companies have become more aware of the importance of design. Okay. It's not just about making things look pretty. Mm-hmm. They actually understand more and more that it plays a vital role in the end product, which is, you know, sell a service or a product. And <clears throat> they're, you know, adjusting their budgets to do that. And I think they're they're just respecting design more, you know, and um, it is at the end of the day, we're probably solving problems. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, I think um, when we achieve that for them, they tend to like, you know, understand that and and allow us to, to do our job because I think for a long time we always have to, and I think we always have to do that. We always have to defend um, our design. Mm -hmm. We always have to, you know, kind of be our like bulldogs for design absolutely and so i think we always have to do that but i think now it's more across the board that they get it so that's good so you think there's there's definitely a shift from design being a secondary to more of a primary concern for a lot of companies and just brands in general yes okay yeah yeah any company big or small Mm -hmm. you know And, and not just companies but i think just individuals you know whether you know, it's it's a one person, you know, one man job that uh-huh. wants to execute, a, a, you know, a product. They they know that just doing their own website mm-hmm. kind of thing with no branding, no cohesiveness knows that's not going to land them, you know, like what they want at the end of the day, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just. I just think they're more aware, basically. So overall. I guess. So I guess being more cognizant of the the, the user experience mm-hmm. and are just knowing that 
how much of a role the consumer plays and and you know interpreting interpreting a brand's identity and just you knowing the the the, the fundamental design and how that affects a person's services or products yeah cause especially online when they see you know quote unquote a nice website mm-hmm. or nice you know like great ui and kind of like front end front end they and it's easy to navigate through that site mm-hmm. whether mobile or you know, on a desktop and they appreciate that at the end of the day, they're going to stay on there longer. So design plays a key role in that and keeping those people there longer okay. and buying that product at the end of the day, or just, you know, being becoming more knowledgeable about the company, mm-hmm. depending what, you know, the end goal is. Okay. So to kind of flip it a little bit, we, we, we talked a little bit about how companies and brands are kind of interpreting design in its current state. Where do you see a lot of fellow designers kind of hit, kind of moving towards right now? Like, where do you see a lot of design elements kind of falling and fall, like popular design elements that you've seen kind of popping up over and over? Um, I would say, sorry. No, you're good. That's more uh, minimalism. Okay, is yeah. still key. I think that's going to be an ongoing thing, especially um, on on mobile. Uh, just the easier it is to navigate, mm-hmm. the simpler it is, the less having to click through things, the better. And so I think a lot of designers are, you know, <clears throat> attacking that mm-hmm. because they see the importance of that. And like all the companies, I think, are looking for that because they want, again, them to stay there longer mm-hmm. and they don't want to be frustrated. For you sure. know, the viewers, customers, whoever it is, they don't want to be frustrated trying to look for something. So I think... Um, <clears throat> It's important for the designers to keep in mind about, you know, wireframing, storyboarding. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Whatever We're it is. We're a loser. We're losing her in the studio. <laughs> I'm trying um, <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. So, yeah, I think uh, minimalism mm-hmm. is, is one thing. Typography is always going to be important. And video is king everywhere. So video is going to be something I think designers just need if they're not on board when it comes to that, they need to get on board because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's important. Uh, everywhere you go, uh, everything's animated, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a simple GIF or, you know, full on movie. Yeah. You know, I think it's important that they understand at least, you know, the basics of that, the importance of that and what they're designing to keep that in mind as maybe like a solution that the client may want you Mm -hmm. know maybe they don't know they want it but you can introduce it to them yeah so always be thinking ahead you know providing solutions for the client yeah so i guess there's a great segue kind of thinking of the problem solution equation when it comes to design i know that design ethics is a huge kind of hot button topic for a lot of designers. And there, there are those who are on the fence about it. And there are some who are very like staunch supporters of being very ethical when it comes to the things that they design. So I propose the question to you. Um, and like, I guess in regards to design ethics, like what's a major, you know, what, like where do you draw the line when it comes to like what you'll put your expertise towards designing? Well, <clears throat> First of all, eek, that's crazy, you know, (laughs) gotta be careful there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think everybody's, I think across the board when it comes to that, as far as the designers go, um, to me, design is a powerful tool that can easily, you know, 
you have the power kind of to manipulate in a way. People. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's it boils down to how much do you want to manipulate? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or how much should you manipulate? Yeah, yeah. And and where where do you draw the uh-huh. line as a designer, um, as a you just person with your, you know, where's your moral compass, I guess every you know, everybody's different or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think it like for me, like I couldn't design for a tobacco company. Mm-hmm. Never. Gotcha. I don't care where I am. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many, how much money they propose. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in the product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and a lot of think. I think for me, it boils down to: Does this product or service help human beings, customers, whatever, as a whole, improve their lives? Absolutely. And so that's kind of the first question I ask myself when it comes to, you know, maybe. If they ask us, you know, what clients would you like to um, have, you know, Dreamland, like, you know, who would yeah, you like to? Clients, yeah. yeah. So I think of those things, you know, because design can be fun and, and, and great and impactful. Mm-hmm. But I think if we're not touching human beings like in a positive way and advertising can do that and in, in, like. I've seen great campaigns that like you could tear up, you know, because they really get you and they, mm-hmm. they touch the <coughs> The heartstrings of people. Mm-hmm. I'm getting touched up right now. <laughs> <laughs> getting Literally. a little emotional. Getting a little verklempt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's like a personal thing. But for uh, me, that's that's my like. And then, you know, anything that I feel doesn't help them, yeah. but hinder them, then I would question whether I should be participate in that. You yeah. know, other designers may not, you know, I think it's a it boils down to mm-hmm. it's a personal thing, you know. Yeah. And I guess to kind of to kind of throw my my two cents in there, uh, I think the only thing. Well, I mean, there are a couple things, but the biggest thing that I, I, I draw the line in the sand for is any kind of co- and I, I'm just being from a copy standpoint, mm-hmm. any kind of copy that uses that kind of takes advantage of parents emotions in an attempt to market towards children oh yeah yeah that's that's a big no-no for me or anything that markets directly to children yes i agree i agree because they don't know they don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) they have no consumer power (laughs) yeah perfect example the cereal aisle (laughs) (laughs) so many so many just like cartoonish mascots that definitely aren't trying to speak to adults yeah they they do it they know exactly what they're doing or we, I should say, we know exactly what we're doing as advertisers, but you know, that's, I think that's the, that's the one, that's the tipping point for me as far yeah, as Yeah, like, I agree. I would, I would add that to mine, please. I'll borrow it. So we got, <laughs> we got tobacco and marketing to children. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure, you know, there's like, we yeah, could go on and sure think there's, of different things. Yeah. Cause I, I guess, and this kind of, this kind of started the conversation that I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago with, um, I'm not familiar with uh, Mike Montiero. He's a he's a designer out on the West Coast, um, and he's very vocal about like ethics in design and oh, just yeah? like you know the. I, I might did, like him. Then. Yeah, you probably, yeah <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll send you some of his okay. work. Um, and I think he did uh, he did a blog post not too long ago about how ethics shouldn't be considered a side job when it comes to design. Like that mm-hmm. should be at the forefront. Like everything that you everything you design, yes. no matter the you know how big or small, your your moral compass should yes. come into play before Amen. you even. Yep. put your stylist yeah, on because the board. ethics ethics and moral mm-hmm. they're hand in hand mm-hmm. you know so i think you know it is gonna you are gonna be the one kind of to point that needle like how far you want it to go yeah. as as a 
person, period, and then as a designer. Um, and so I would say I'm more conservative, you know, mm-hmm. and I there's certain things I just, you know, won't tolerate, I won't do um, compared to maybe another designer. But again, that's a personal thing. But at the end of the day, if you can sleep at night, uh-huh. then you're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you can still you can be conservative and still push the envelope yes. without being egregious. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think it's being able to find that balance because the, the, the biggest example that I always go back to is um, Oppenheimer and, you know, his his role in the Manhattan Project, the creation of the atom bomb. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like the, the, the golden mm-hmm. example that a lot of people use. There's a brilliant designer and he, he, he was really good at what he did, but it eventually destroyed him because yes. he knew that he was pretty much the architect for millions of, of deaths and just shattered lives. Yep. And so it's just it's just one of those kind of like you know beware tales of of, you know just how the power of design can kind of go against the humanity yep so (laughs) not to bring everybody down (laughs) 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 on a on a lighter note um you did um you did mention that you do a lot of work oh i have one more thing sorry yeah yeah go ahead go ahead ahead. okay so spec work oh we're gonna talk about spec work okay briefly just briefly yeah well i actually (laughs) did an article um a couple years back uh-huh. here regarding that. Um, and I just feel, especially younger designers need to be educated because mm-hmm. I know they're desperate. They mm-hmm. want to get out there. Sure. You know, they want to have the opportunities just to kind of start out somebody, see their work and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be very careful because at the end of the day, like I always, it's everybody's heard it. You know, you go to a doctor and be like, Oh, well, see, if the surgery goes, well, then I'll pay you, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Well, same thing, you know, with designers. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we eat, (laughs) we drink, we Mm -hmm. need to have a place to live and Uh stuff. But starting out, even starting out, you need to be aware that spec work can hurt you. For sure. And even a lot of places, a lot of companies um, may do some spec spec work in the beginning which mm-hmm. i understand they're starting out but once you're like you know 15 20 years in i don't think they need to be looking for spec work or accepting um clients that want to do so much spec work because mm-hmm. that can bite them at the end of the day so uh, that's one thing that i've and i know it's very controversial and a lot of people you know are both sides of the fence but I say do your research and, you know, respect your time and your work, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise nobody else is going to. Yeah. And a lot of people try to use the example of or use the excuse of, oh, you know, it'll get you a lot of exposure. It's, it's exposure, good exposure doesn't pay bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We got to keep it real. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so so kind of so piggybacking off of that, you did mention earlier about how you you do spend a lot of time mentoring the youngins. The, the the new gen the newest generation of designers kind of kind of going out into the the world um so it kind of just i, I kind of want to know just what are some designers that kind of like inspire you or 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 what are some who are some designers that you know you sh- you could suggest to the listeners out there to kind of keep up with as far as like knowing mo- the most useful information and gaining the best resources to become the best designer possible yeah i don't i mean off the bat i don't have like a huge list because mm-hmm. that's something you could easily google yeah yeah no. you know best designers of course, or of to course. follow or mm-hmm. whatever um i'll say just like 
two to three. Yeah, yeah. That no, go are for awesome. it. And one's uh, very current. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Jacob Cass. Okay. Uh, he's an Australian, but he's done freelancing. I think he just started freelancing, and he's just been doing that. And he has very uh, prominent. He has a lot of exposure online. Okay. He's just been very solid with his blogging and just writing like tons of information. And that's kind of I came across him because out of like all the designers online, he seemed to be the one that very informative a mm-hmm. lot, and just across the across the spectrum in design with you know logo design, uh, pricing, um, just anything, and not just freelancing, but just a little bit of everything mm-hmm. when it comes to design. And he recently, in the last year and a half or so, mm-hmm. he took on um, this, I guess, a challenge, but it's, it's been awesome. Uh, he went traveling all over the world, okay, um, like literally all over. And so he has a website called JustGlobetrotting.com. And I'm sure, you know, if you go to, if you just Google Jacob Cass and then his website, I'm sure there's a link there too, but I think a designer that travels is so awesome because Mm -hmm. they're exposed to so much more than just being in one place. And I always say traveling is the key of learning more about yourself as a person and as a designer. And then you're just exposed to like so many things Mm -hmm. across the world. So I like my hat goes off to him. I think it's awesome what he's doing. Like right right now he's in Sri Lanka and I'm (laughs) I'm following him on Instagram (laughs) because like the photos are amazing. And it's just like he's literally been like all over. And then I don't know if he's going to settle down in Australia, but just just seeing, you know, his his um, journey, Mm -hmm. you know, and also people ask him, how do you how do you pay for all this? Yeah. You know, you're it's like, well, when I'm in a country, I'll do like little silly jobs there as well as freelancing. Yeah, I was about to say he's yeah he does. He's freelancing. Yeah. He's like, as long as I got Wi-Fi, I'm good. <laughs> so and then he also, you know, does like random jobs there, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. And um, yeah, so he gives a lot of information, a lot of advice to designers, both young and seasoned. So I definitely would say check him out. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. I would say, and a lot of people don't know about this man is Erte. Have you heard of him? I can't say that I have. Oh boy, I'm gonna bring a book in because <laughs> I love him. <laughs> he um he was born like in 1892. Okay, so it's way back when. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was from Russia originally, mm-hmm. but then he got he moved to Paris when he was very young, mm-hmm. and he started designing uh, covers for Harper's Bazaar. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so he did like over 200 covers for Harper's Bazaar, and and everybody took notice mm-hmm. of his. Um, talent not just as an artist so he was more like a renaissance man mm-hmm. just in general when it comes to design and a lot of people call him the father of art deco oh, wow. or at least a okay. pi- you know definitely a pioneer in that in the movement mm-hmm. and um so he was i would say first and foremost an artist absolutely and then a print designer a fashion designer stage designer because he worked with a lot of people like in paris you know with the theaters uh-huh. and, and the fashion so it you know it's just two industries that just commingle with everything Absolutely. when it comes to that so he he was involved heavily involved in all that and with all that kind of art deco blossom mm-hmm. you know and um his work is like phenomenal and he also did sculpture okay a lot of bronze sculpture 
And so it's kind of funny because at the tender age of 75, (laughs) he decided to kind of renew his career in a different path, which is printing all his work that he did years, decades before. So he already had, you know, like illustrated so many things. Mm -hmm. And then I guess somebody, I don't know if they coaxed him into it or it was his own you know, idea. He's like, I'm going to, you know, do my own. They call it, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, serigraphs. Um, serigraphs. <laughs> Today they call it screen printing. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, but what's awesome about his, when he did those screen print back in the day, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't a lot of like great technology, of course. So he wanted his pieces a certain way. So, you know, he wanted them embossed and he also did some metal and um, they call it like hot stamping. Mm-hmm. And so he did his pieces, like his pr- his original printed pieces are phenomenal. Huh. They're like awesome. Yeah. And they, they're they expensive too. <laughs> I would love to own one, but <laughs> <laughs> for now, I'll just stay with the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring that book in. That's, that's, that sounds awesome. I think one of the things that designers need to do is research, Mm -hmm. research, research. I can't stress it enough. Like even when you begin a job, just like research the Mm -hmm. company, everything about the company, ask tons of questions. Like I always have my little notebook of every, like of, you know, like what questions beforehand I may ask Absolutely. because the more you know about a company, the better it is you can solve their problem visually, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is, website or brochure, a logo, and so the more you know, the better you are equipped to solve that problem. Agreed. But for me, Arte has always been very inspirational because he's just, he did so much. You know, he died at 97 and he was like working till like the end. That's insane. Yeah. So <laughs> I, my head. That is true dedication right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love him. And, and it's sad that a lot of people don't know about him because he was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, and <clears throat> nowadays you can find his work on like... <laughs> maybe eBay or something like his sculptures. Oh, yeah? Say, oh yeah. Just huh. like $18,000 for a sculpture. No big deal. Yeah. yeah you know, Drop just jump change. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely check him out. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, um, his work is out there. There's not a lot of, like documentaries. Okay. I was thinking actually, <laughs> I was like, they should make a movie because mm-hmm. I think his life was very colorful and they haven't made a movie. I only saw a clip of a documentary, but that w- that w- I think that would be awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll get together. We'll get together yes. after the show, and we'll, we'll do a we'll do a screenplay. Director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll do a screenplay. Yeah, I mean that that sounds amazing. I've never heard of him. Never heard him before. I'm glad you have now. <laughs> <laughs> just just spreading the good word of obscure designers. Yes, he's great. Awesome. Well, uh, since you we we dove in the past a little bit on that last one, I kind of want to jump ahead and fast forward to the future of design um so this is where we get to put on our you know our 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 soothsayer hats (laughs) and kind of figure out exactly where we see design heading for the future okay so what do you think well um kind of i i think i i spoke a little bit about that when Mm -hmm. it comes to things are kind of trending that i think will continue Mm -hmm. um when it comes to minimalism Mm -hmm. still being uh kind of hot and seeing how minimalist people could go, mm-hmm. uh, I think is going to be uh, a challenge within themselves. Like, you know, how how stripped down can I make this interface to make it like really clean and easy to mm-hmm. understand for the viewer? Um, I recently went to, I, I'm part of a, 
a committee, a graphics advisor committee for a local college. Mm -hmm. And we actually talked about, you know, certain things that are going on now and, and maybe what the industry's looking for designers, you know, in the future, near future. For sure. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of good that we had that conversation and we're talking about that now. (laughs) And because one of the other things is fluidity, like in a designer to be able to at least be knowledgeable about the different programs Mm -hmm. when it comes to design, you know, and their tools, mind you, but it's important that you be aware of what's out there and what's trending as far as like what's being used Mm -hmm. um, because that changes all the time. But not to forget, don't stress so much also on the tools. Go back to your design basics, you know, the foundation, you know, the sketching, the hierarchy of typography, the, you know, just like the layout that it's, you know, that makes sense and, if you're doing a campaign, how it could be cohesive. Mm-hmm. Like, I think all those are staples that, you know, people are still going to be looking for, whether it's an employer or a company, you know, like a client. So always keep that in mind. And also <clears throat> subtle animations, I think, in in web, of course, I think it's going to be um, key. Everybody loves animation. They love movement. Mm-hmm. So if they can add subtle um you know, elements that move throughout the site. I think it just makes for a better experience for the end user. And so I think people are going to be doing that. And video will still be king, which is something (laughs) I mentioned. I just can't Video will never be dethroned. (laughs) Unless something else comes. I don't know what else. (laughs) I I don't know. Um, And I think more customization. Um, I think, you know, clients are becoming more savvy about you know, what we're offering them. And sometimes they may see something that they saw somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to demand for more customization. But in that, you know, it could be a photo shoot, which we would have to, you know, (laughs) propose. It's like, okay, you want to be, you know, very individual, then let's do a photo shoot. So we have to kind of educate the client and customization in illustration as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And just, I think, you know, everybody wants to be individualized and they just want to stand out and be unique. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I think it's good. It's not a bad thing. And I think it challenges the designers. So that's, that's, I think it goes, you know, it's a win-win on both ends. Absolutely. And um, when it comes to, I would say, interface and just interactive, a lot of prototyping is going to be, I think, more demanded because it's just more, the, the more they can see almost the end product without it being like full out like developed and coded and everything Mm -hmm. i think the better it is um that they'll prove it Mm -hmm. and excited you know they'll get excited about it so i think designers need to you know again learn those tools and like what's out there like envision principle sketch there's a lot of tools out there and of course they're always going to be changing but just research 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 if you're in school Don't expect that the school is going to give you everything. You need to go out of your way, go home, research, research, research. I can't stress it enough. (laughs) Everybody's going to say a lot of things, but you have to do your own work. Mm -hmm. You have to go find it, you know. But it's it's so time consuming. Like, I just want to create now. No, no. (laughs) Research, research, sketch, Mm -hmm. you know, because a computer is just a tool, Mm -hmm. just like everything else. And be passionate about what you do you're not passionate it's not going to show so 
Words of wisdom, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for answering those questions for me. Um, so we're going to jump into my favorite portion of the show. Uh, take it or leave it. Uh, it's basically a, a segment where we throw out a couple of trends, maybe some ads we've seen, some mention in the news, and we kind of just go back and forth uh, round robin style to kind of see whether or not we are going to take it or leave it. So, so Diana. So what do I just say? Leave it? I mean, you know, it depends. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, leave it all. Just okay. leave it all. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Okay, okay. you ready? Okay. All right, cool. So, first topic. Okay. First topic. The uh, the ubiquitous term: the client is always right. Paha. <laughs> uh, no. That's a that's a that's a big leave it. Yeah, um, I think at the end of the day, they need to trust us, mm-hmm. and also it's about educating the client. You know, it's not we're not like attacking the client or anything, but we need to educate them. Mm-hmm. So I think once we educate them and tell them why we came to, you know, this result, you know, this problem, mm-hmm. how we resolve this problem um, visually when we educate them, I think they're more likely to understand. Um, sometimes, you know, we don't <laughs> sometimes we just got to do what they say yeah. in certain things, which is it's part of the job, but they are not always right. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, just like I'm not always right as a designer, for sure, for sure. So it goes both ways. We're all human beings. So, but as it states, Mm -hmm. and as you said it, Mm -hmm. I would say leave it. Just leave it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I I guess another way to put it is the client isn't. You're not wrong. You know, (laughs) it's just, and then you go into Mm -hmm. the education part of it. There you go. go. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. uh, Next topic. Um, I guess these are fonts that the fonts that we love to hate. Yes. Uh, the, the the Comic Sans, the Papyrus, the the, the Curls MT, and the Apple Transfers of yes. the world. So, <laughs> do we take them or do we leave them, Diana? I guess leave them. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I want to enlighten me. Um, I mean, I've seen them. Actually, I've used. I've seen Papyrus. No, I have used. Sorry. You better edit, edit that. <laughs> You've heard it here, folks. Diana has used papyrus <laughs> no, professionally. No. Um, I have seen papyrus, and it hasn't looked horrible given what you know the context. Yeah. So I've seen it. It, it doesn't kill me. So I would say I'm more flexible with certain ones. Comic Sans, I can't. So if we can like do each one, I would say Comic Sans, leave it. Papyrus, can we put them like? On the ledge, cut no. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta take it or leave it. You gotta take. You have to okay, a firm then I would, stance. Okay, then I would leave it. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and Apple Chancery definitely leave it. So, yeah, there's a lot of great fonts mm. out there. You know, so there's no excuse. Yeah. So, so this is where I might defer a little bit from you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a I'm a resounding take it for all of them really um well here's the thing you you'd mentioned the idea of context yeah and i think that's the big key okay. player in all of this yeah yeah like say if i saw a an uh, an invite for a three-year-old's birthday party and it was you know it, impeccably laid out in helvetica yeah. and you know trajan pro <laughs> and you, i would be a little weirded out like it's a three-year-old's birthday party yeah, throw, some elegant. Com- yeah. throw some comic sans in there use some curls yeah. you know if it was like a sororities you know initiation party like i would expect them to use curls for that because mm-hmm. that's just that you know that's within the context of the event or the the the, the collateral that's being worked on okay so, well I you mean, can design those okay <laughs> <laughs> I you'll, you'll throw you. those design jobs my way 
way. Yes, I, I, yes. Good, good to know. Good hey, to you know. like to play and, and design as well. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, it to you. <laughs> I just I, I'm I'm firm in the belief that regardless of how ugly a font may be, every font has its place. Has, has its place. Yeah, has its place. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, we we leave no no orphans in all of yes. this. Everybody has their place. There's no one's ugly. <laughs> no no fonts are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there are some ugly fonts out there, but they still have their place. Okay. <laughs> all right, I stand corrected. <laughs> All right, final topic. Um, Fiverr. I'm I'm sure you're you're familiar with Fiverr. Um, it's kind of just like that create anything for five dollars website where you can put in a request and get a five dollar job, you know, sent back to you in, in you know two or three days three days time. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. Leave it, and you get what you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that what if you're, like, what if you're in a bind? You're like in a crunch, and you really, really, really need this million dollar logo for the five spot in your okay, pocket. But then you get what you pay for. <laughs> so, you know, if you want, you know, maybe not the best design, yeah. then go for it. I know everybody has a budget. Not everybody has huge budget for you know a campaign or a huge like brand identity like Mm -hmm. i understand that but just um i think it goes back to respecting designers you know and i'm a huge advocate for that so it's like we have to fight against certain companies Mm -hmm. you know that don't respect the time the research the experience and the talent that it takes to create something like a logo or you know corporate identity or website and so as a designer like i i can't go for i can't i don't tolerate that and i can't encourage people if they want to go and do that by all means do it i understand that sometimes it's just like you say it's you know they don't have the money Mm -hmm. to to spend more but you know i i I've been a designer for many years, so it kind of hurts <laughs> to see that someone would just go, okay, well, I'll just go over there and spend $50 for a logo yeah. and call it a day. I'm like, well, okay, then I'm not the designer for you. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you know, the path of least resistance, I understand it's tempting, but you'd be amazed at how much better your product comes out when you actually invest the, 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 the money. Yes, because these places... They don't do a creative brief, mm-hmm. I'm sure. They don't do like questions. Let's say if we're doing a, a logo, they don't have like a list of questions to ask mm-hmm. the client mm-hmm. about what emotionally like they want to get out of the logo, you know? So there's a lot of questions to ask the client mm-hmm. to get that end result. Again, it goes back to asking questions and research, research right? For sure. These people don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's what looks pretty. Yeah. And and what the client likes Mm -hmm. and oh, change the color. And okay we're done. It's not enough, you know. So, yeah, Fiverr Mm out of here. Yeah, we're we're, we're fed up. We're tired of your nonsense. You got to (laughs) go. Awesome. Well, I want to thank Diana for coming in and, you know, taking some time and kind of blessing us with the insight that every advertising, you know, professional needs to hear every so often to kind of get that extra jolt and really, you know, get back into get the head back into the game. Because sometimes it can be discouraging. You know, you get you you hit that those constant walls. Yeah, you do plateau sometimes. And, you know, with the industry, it comes, you know, and like even month to month, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on what clients you have, what demands the clients have. And I think all designers, you know, go through that process of like, oh, my God, I'm stuck. Oh, my God, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, you know, like Mm -hmm. we all go through that. Um, That's why I think we need to, again, 
uh, be self-motivated in that not just sticking to design, go out there, live your life, do other things because that kind of re-energizes you mm-hmm. and gets you back into the rhythm of, of what it is you love to do. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, just don't get stuck in front of the computer. If you get stuck, go out there, do something, jog, walk your dog, do some belly dancing. I don't know. <laughs> whatever flows your boat. Do whatever. <laughs> do whatever floats your boat and gets those creative juices yeah, flowing. Yeah. Cool. Thank you again. No problem. Thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Provoke. I want to thank my guest, Diana Santana, for coming in and blessing us with her infinite wisdom. Um, As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to email us at provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. Follow us on Twitter at evokead, and be sure to follow us also on Facebook at Evoke Advertising, where you can keep up with all of our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as a quote is concerned, this one is provided to us by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, uh, who is the author of Le Petit Prince, um, The Little Prince, for all you non-Francophiles out there. And he said, perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there's nothing left to take away. Y'all take care. Mm-hmm.